little bits and pieces like that. But if we're going to be honest, I say pecan. Uh, so <laughs> I know. I definitely say pecan, but I, I know for sure I used to say pecan. People in the mm-hmm. South are serious about it. Yeah. You get shanked in the parking lot at Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> That's right. Piggly Wiggly. That is perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Cinevibes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, welcome. Ken, how are you? You know what? I'm doing fantastic, Trey. How are you? I'm lovely. That is amazing. Do you want to tell us about who we have on today? Our fantastic guest. I certainly do. You do? Good, good. (laughs) I was hoping you would say yes. Yes, today... We have a very, what's the right word? Charismatic. Very well spoken. And yes, well spoken. Very put together actor that really understands that balance of the creative, learning about the craft, getting into your emotion side of acting, as well as, as she puts it, being your own boss. Mm-hmm. and all the things that go with that. And she just really dropped a lot of information, a lot of it, honestly, I had not thought about um, mm-hmm. for everyone to <clears throat> get their throat clogged up with. Completely clear it up. <laughs> yeah, and I just, I really loved hearing all that she had to say. It was very informative, and I think mm-hmm. it will be for the listeners as well. Yeah, I think that Spurgeon Perkins, who was our guest today, is a fantastic person to talk to. She's really uh, well-versed in the business, as Trey had said, of acting, which, you know, if you're an actor today, it's a really important thing to understand is you are a brand, you are a business, and, you know, we personally, I am of the mind that I love technique, I love the craft of acting and learning more and more about myself and how I can be a better actor. Um, But she brings up a lot of good points about theater and also uh, the differences between theater and camera acting and how you need to understand the differences and how to play to the advantage of both in the scenarios, whether you're on camera or on a stage. And uh, she also talks about uh, different aspects of Uh, just networking and uh, being an actor nowadays, which I think is a really great conversation. And I don't think we've had a true conversation like that. So I think you'll enjoy that. Absolutely. So without further delay, here's Spurgeon Perkins. Spurgeon. Hello. Welcome. Welcome. I'm good. How's life? It's going. Well, that's usually good. 
Usually. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why you said usually, Trey. I don't know uh, how it could uh, not be, but next okay. Next question, moving on. <laughs> so, season three, we've got this new segment called The Delve in 12. And so, we're just going to hit you with these 12 questions to more fully knowing who Spurgeon is. Yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Prepare yourself. Perfect. Question number one. City with the best pizza you've ever had and what style? <laughs> so I have tons of food sensitivities, including gluten, wheat, and yeast. So That's I oh. eat a lot of pizza, which makes me sad. Pure pizza here in Charlotte, before they're good. Before I knew I had the yeast sensitivity, mm-hmm. then I could eat their gluten-free pizza. That was great. But as far as city and like the type of dish, I grew up in Alabama. I don't know. Uh, my mom mm-hmm. always got those little Caesar $5 pizzas, and it was like rich oh, pie yeah. when we got Papa John's. That was big time. So yes. that is my pizza expertise. Excellent. <laughs> Man. I actually remember nights like that quite fondly. So. Oh, I was going to say, like those were <laughs> some of the best nights is getting the uh, hot and ready little Caesars. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like I'm sick of spaghetti every <laughs> night, Mom. <laughs> yeah. All right, so name a movie you wish you had made or name a movie you wish you had been in. So I love the movie Lars and the Real Girl with Ryan Gosling. Have you seen this? Okay. Mm -hmm. I've heard of it. I think it's very unique. I love the way the script plays out, and I've never seen Ryan Gosling in a role like that. But uh, Mm -hmm. the acting in it's amazing. I just love everything about that movie. It's one of the few movies... I purchased and I've watched multiple times and I actually mm-hmm. am probably due to watch it again. Yeah. It's in your cycle. Yeah. Yes. All you have to say is Ryan Gosling on here and we're on board. I was like, I'm adding it to my watch list right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those baby blues. Yeah. It's really All good. Right. Definitely. Question three. If you could go back and change one decision in your life, what would it be? I feel like they've all led me to where I am, but I have not pulled this story out for a while. And one of my besties, if she hears this, is going to say, mm. you had to tell the pee in the pants story again, didn't you? So in, se- <laughs> oh, shoot. in second grade, I had to go to the bathroom so badly and it was close to the end of class. The mm-hmm. teacher made some kind of rule where she didn't want us asking all the time or we couldn't ask like the last 15 minutes and it was the end of the school day I didn't ask but I had to go and I finally got to the point where I just got up and went to the bathroom but both of the two stalls were being used Mm -hmm. so I just couldn't hold it anymore I just peed all over myself and because it was the end of the day and I had to take the bus my mom worked and meet my sister, one of my sisters at our house, I had to take the bus. So one of my mm. best friends at the time sat with me on the bus, smelling like pee with my pee pants. Mm. <laughs> but I would just uh, wish, you know, I would have asked what I wanted. Like, hey, I got to go to the bathroom yes. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's a note to all you teachers out there listening. Uh, no rules like this, please. We need to avoid things like this. <laughs> <laughs> but it did yeah. teach me how to weather an embarrassing situation, and mm-hmm. you survive. 
Yeah. Nice. Weather is a pretty fitting term there. (laughs) So what is your most irrational fear? Cockroaches. For sure. There's a story. There's a reason. Okay. Okay. Irrational though? Yes, my the women in my family especially. Okay. But for me, it happened because again, when I was a kid, my dad, mm-hmm. I don't know if he co-owned this used car lot or if he just worked there, but but they had this rickety little bathroom. It was like a closet. Like the mechanics used it, it was disgusting. It had one little mm-hmm. pull chain light bulb, but it was broken. So the unit the light bulb was in was kind of hanging off the ceiling. And I walk in there, okay. it was dark close the door, lock it. And I feel something on top of my head. And I kind of went mm-hmm. like, what is that? There's no mirror in there. And then I saw this huge cockroach come fall off my head into the sink. And it's re- mm-hmm. it's a really tiny room. So he's still very close to me. Oh, no. And the door's locked and I'm panicking. So I start screaming. It sounds like <laughs> something oh. from Poltergeist. And I grab the door <laughs> handle and I'm banging my body on the door, but it's locked and I'm in too much of a panic to unlock it. Mm. So it just sounds like me screaming and slinging my body against the door. Yeah. I finally got it open. And there was an older couple waiting to buy a car sitting there with their eyes huge looking at me like, what just happened? So my dad's pretty laid back and he looked at me and he looked at them and he said, well, we can finish this up tomorrow if you would like to come back then. <laughs> and then <left laughs> yes. Immediately. Uh... <laughs> so since then, I get freaked out about cockroaches falling on cockroaches for about a week i walked through door frames like this just Mm. ducking not paranoid the entire time yeah yeah i i you know what i think i have a similar fear now that i've moved into my apartment i've never had an issue with stink bugs at all Um, but somehow uh my apartment is like the central hub of most of them (laughs) so they will sometimes be crawling on the ceiling and uh, you know, getting them out, they're, they're pretty sticky things. They don't like to let go of things. And if I'm wearing black clothes, it's even more scary because I'm like, do uh, I yeah. truly get rid of it? I don't know. I could be asleep one night and it's just crawling. I, I, I get your, I get your fear. They <laughs> don't die. Saying. We are you in Georgia? I'm in yes, Georgia. We just moved back from the Marietta area back to Charlotte, and our house mm. got stink bugs. And one of my dogs likes to hunt. And she would attack mm. them. And even when she attacked them, those things will not mm-hmm. die. No, they don't. I I swear. <laughs> I, it, they're, they're almost indestructible. And that's why they scare me so much is I'll go outside and I'll try and release them because I was told not to kill them. Yeah. Uh, so I go and try and release it. And sometimes it won't let go of what I'm trying, like the, the paper towel. And I'll try and flick it off. And I'm like, I, I don't want it coming back on to me. <laughs> so I think I see a movie rule. In there, so I can attacking the bugs, mons roaches, yeah. All right, eating in or dining out? Oh, I love the idea of dining out and somebody else cooking and cleaning, but it is hard for us to find somewhere to go eat because of my food sensitivities. I literally have to plan shoots Mm -hmm. around or going out to eat around shoots. And if my husband goes, Mm -hmm. my husband and I go somewhere for an anniversary trip or vacation. I'll have to book out that whole week because I'll just break out big time. But I do love mm-hmm. being able to sit, relax. I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. yeah, That's nice. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about the dining habits, but 
Maybe that's a different podcast, so we'll just keep moving on. <laughs> we'll need a full breakdown. Our mutual yeah. friend, Jeremy, same issue. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, we'll get into it later, but we worked together recently, and um, I know some of that's come up, so. Yep. Um. So, what do you think is the meaning of life? Ooh, look up Westminster Catechism, Chief End of Man. Chief End of Man, not manned. With a <laughs> Who's manned? Who's manned? <laughs> That's kind of where I sit. Okay. I heard the words you said, but I didn't register any of it. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what was it again? Westminster Catechism, Chief End of Man. Okay. okay. Yeah. Definitely going to have to look that up. You got some homework. Yes. <laughs> Wait, uh, we're not supposed to leave this homework. You're supposed to have homework. <laughs> Uh, furiously googling okay yeah (laughs) you're back in high school it's the night of the annual talent show what do you do i assume this is in alabama yes karaoke i have my one fun Mm. special skill one fun thing is karaoke queen i I do not know how to sing okay but it's really about the performance so i had two go-to songs that i had to rotate i had to rotate off and i have it really found good replacements the first one was i love rock and roll but as i got older yeah. she says that line i knew you must have been about 17 and i sang it one day and i was like no nah, 21 i need him to be an adult and then uh, i was like well okay i'm done with that song and also uh the tina turner version of proud mary and my little goody two-shoes self for the longest time thought that Proud Mary was rolling on the river and that that was a steamboat, you know, because they have the, the big wheels on there. Uh, <laughs> I did not realize that Proud Mary was Mary Jane, <laughs> as in Mary J. Wan. <laughs> uh, I did not know uh, what she was singing about. And I was just singing it, karaoke, and wherever I went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the beauty of music and a lot of cartoons is you don't yeah. really know what you're getting into until mm. you're an adult. Yeah. Correct. I, I know great. I sang some songs when I was younger, had no idea, didn't really care what they meant. And now I'm thinking back and I'm like, that's what that means. <laughs> I should not be singing Whoosh. this. <laughs> I should have been when I was 12. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Man, exactly. singing my heart out in front of like a, a reception at a wedding. Man. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's a horror story. That's one of my horror stories. We'll, we'll catch up to that later. But... <laughs> Uh, you were caught in the movie Groundhog Day. What song do you wake up to every morning? Uh, there's a song. Another rock and roll. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, there's a song that I've been listening to on repeat called Miss Anonymous by Bailey. I like her. Miss Anonymous. Is that okay. an older song? No, I think. It, well, I don't know. So since since podcast players became a thing i haven't listened to music Mm -hmm. in so long i literally make myself do it once a day now because i realized your brain needs that and now i do a Mm -hmm. workout class every morning and there's music in there but to really just find new songs Mm -hmm. i don't know how long it's been since i've listened to the radio and heard new songs i don't know who any of these kids are anymore (laughs) yeah i'm with you i'm like exclusively on spotify Yeah. yeah she just randomly popped up on youtube music one day. Okay. Yeah. It sounds very familiar. I don't know why, but it sounds familiar. 
Yeah. She's talking about, you know, Miss Anonymous that leaves these mean negative comments and how they really don't, that girl's wasting her time and like, why? And that's kind of where our culture is right now. It's like, why? Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's like, be nice. But then there's also (laughs) mean comments all over social media. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Excellent. All right. My favorite question. Oh. And I struggle with it. Yes, he does. You can, start, you can, you can see the wheels turning already. Uh, <laughs> all right. Is it caramel or caramel? If I just say it, I say caramel. But I think it can be spelled two different ways. C-A-R-M-E-L or C-A-R-A. I think it could, there are two versions of the word. Mm-hmm. That mean different How things. are we getting our minds blown so I, often by this question? I know it's it always comes out the best when people respond. <laughs> I love it. Where did the question come from? Uh, it's probably floating around the interwebs, but I was just thinking of you know things people commonly say differently. Mm. So That's I'm from Alabama, common. and here's the one that you might get in a physical fight over. Do you say pecan uh. or pecan? Oh no! Mm-hmm. Oh no! I may have it's to wait. Pecan down there. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> he he said pecan. Oh god, oh, we gotta cancel him right now. It's a <laughs> So I work I work for a packaging company right now, and we have a lot of uh, pecan uh, folks sellers, <laughs> and um, we do packaging for them. And uh, so this question, caramel versus caramel, comes from. I believe Trey, you can tell he he loves uh, caramel. Yeah, you say you say caramel. I say caramel. Oh, where are you and from originally? I'm from Switzerland. Colum- Switzerland. Uh, you are? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, I'm a great actor if I am. Um, <laughs> Columbia, South Carolina. Ah, is where I'm from. Caramel. So that's how you say it. So. Caramel is definitely more along the lines, but uh, I also am influenced by my mom's northern accent from Chicago. Oh, so yeah. I'll say stuff like I'll say stuff like tournament rather than tournament. Yeah. So it's uh, little bits and pieces like that. But if we're gonna be honest, I say pecan. Uh, so <laughs> I know. I definitely say pecan, but I I know for sure I used to say pecan. People in the mm-hmm. South are serious about it. Yeah. You get shanked in the parking lot at Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Piggly Wiggly. That is perfect. <laughs> so, you guys remember Win dixie Sorry to get off topic. I knew Win that I was dixie. moving up in the world when I did not have to shop at Piggly Wiggly or Win dixie anymore because that's what we had um, where I was. Yeah. yeah. Publix Went moved back. out of town and it was like, rich people live here now. That's, what is this? Yeah, this is bougie. Money bags. Yeah, I, you know, since I'll, I'll keep going off topic, but Piggly Wiggly used to be the bane of my existence as a kid <laughs> after church, man, we'd go to church and then uh, after church, we'd go to the Piggly Wiggly and I would just be dragging my feet the entire time. And my mom's like, why do you, what's wrong? Why don't you like it? It was just something about Piggly Wiggly. I just couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do it. Um, Depressing. And then also I need to watch uh, because of Winn-Dixie now that you mentioned that. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a fun yeah. one. I have to rewatch that. Yeah. Does it have anything to do with the store or just the dog? 
I think, well, it does have to do with the store because she found the dog in the store. That's the only connection. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it. So she named it after Winn-Dixie. Yeah. But college, do you believe is it worth it? My family has always been big on education because my mom, I mean, she bootstrapped her way from nothing. And she said, if you can learn how to learn, you can do anything. You can get yourself out of any situation. Just learn how to educate Mm -hmm. yourself. So I did go to college, but Mm -hmm. I am more to the point now of seeing so many opportunities in our job industry. My husband works in cybersecurity. They can't get people Mm -hmm. fast enough. And all Mm -hmm. of that is based off certifications. His background, his major is actually history. Has nothing to do with that. He just has great leadership skills. And Mm -hmm. he's doing everything to keep up with them on certifications through organizations. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I saw trade jobs are becoming um, few and far between. Like there are not a lot lot of people to employ in trades anymore. And so Lowe's Mm -hmm. is putting millions of dollars into trades and teaching people how to do trades. And those Mm -hmm. are, especially as an actor, you can do a lot freelance with those two. Especially if there are any lady actors listening, they are dying to have more women in the cybersecurity field. (laughs) There are hardly Mm. any. My husband said when there's a woman up for hire, like all of the companies are like, we need more women. And there's always like, (laughs) they all just stop. That meme where everything's on fire and there's just someone sitting there. I mean, you can make some demands. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I definitely see certifications. Even for me, this past year when COVID slowed a lot of things down, I finally got my goals coaching certification and my nutrition coach certification. And you can just do so much with certifications now. So I'm really into that. And I'm not into people going into debt. My husband and I both graduated college with no debt, and it has put us leaps and bounds ahead of people our age. We get funny looks sometimes on vacations. There's like retirees and they're like, what are you doing here? And we're like, well... It makes yeah. a difference. <laughs> if you can get out of college without debt, you are immediately in a substantially better position. Correct. Now, whether or not that's even possible anymore, I don't know. But so that's my other thought is, hey, look at all your options. If going into debt mm-hmm. is that. And my mom was a loan officer my entire life. And I'm saying this. So and she yeah, told me that too. Okay. She was like, don't, don't do it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So yeah. I would say, I would say now I think there are too many options that are much better, mm-hmm. still lucrative, yeah. no debt. Do that. Yeah, definitely. Weigh all yeah. the options. We need to bring your mom on for an episode. Just yeah. Oh yeah. Financial advice, life advice, <laughs> those sorts of things. What's the right side of the bed to wake up on? Interesting. I flip flop like crazy. I even have a oh. pillow with bolsters to try to stop me, and I'll just wake up with my <laughs> face in the one of them. That's which, great. Is this like which side you sleep on? It's gone a lot of different ways. Yeah, here. it could be interpreted. It could be your body. It could be the actual physical bed. It could, I mean, it yeah. could even go existential. Like, what are directions? I. <laughs> <laughs> I do know from a decorating perspective, the foot of your bed, you should always see the foot of your bed when you walk into the door. So whatever mm. walls you can do that with, technically, I think that's the rule. Uh, huh. I have slept on both sides of the bed because it depends on where the door is. My husband likes to sleep between me and the door just in case there's an mm-hmm. emergency or some crazy breaks in. He can manhandle them. and They can stab him first. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, that yeah. I've been on the left side and the right side, but the way I wake up, mm. I sleep like a wild animal. I posted some photos mm-hmm. somewhere on social <laughs> because my husband took photos of me napping on the couch one day and he was like, this is what you look like. <laughs> That's great. Oh, wow. Just all over the place. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's hilarious. There might not be a right side for you then. No, that's it's all, all sides. You can just pick up and <laughs> half off the bed. Yes. yes. I literally, what I used to do as a kid is lay upside down on the couch just for, you know. Yes. Entertainment Going against the establishment, right? Yeah. My sisters taught me to do that. I think just to see if the blood would rush in my head and knock me out. Because I was the baby. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That might have been it. I, I don't know. Turns out it did. <laughs> Worked. So what is the best worst movie you've ever seen? Ooh. I think it's wonderful. But when I tell people I used to watch this movie on repeat and I basically know all the words, they think it's weird and that I'm weird and they're right. But it is Labyrinth <laughs> with Jennifer Connelly and David Bowie. Labyrinth. Have y'all seen okay. this? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I have. It's in the recesses of my mind. I've seen it at least once. I just was too young to what, remember. Uh, what year did that come out? It was before I was born. Yeah. It was sometime in the 80s. But they said oh, I watched okay. it on repeat when I was like three. I, so it, I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jennifer Conley must have been kind of young then, right? Yeah, David Bowie was the draw. She was very young. I think she was a yeah. kid. And it's like her sibling gets taken by the Goblin King. And David Bowie is the Goblin King. And there are songs in it. And they're so catchy and so fun. And I attribute all of my weirdness to this movie, gladly. <laughs> but it is weird. But I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And 1986, by the way. Oh wait! I, I, I swear I've seen I've seen it. It's in the recesses of my mind. This looks I familiar. I'm like, you remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? Y'all never heard this song? It's David Bowie. No, <laughs> I've never heard it. Ironically, wow. it's got pretty I need good to watch scores. It I need to watch it again. Yeah, the numbers are fun. The musical numbers in it are fun. I mean, it's David Bowie, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got to be bangers. Wow. Well, there you have it. That is 12 questions to more fully knowing Spurgeon. Now you know me. Amazing. Those were great answers. We'll just end it there. There's nothing left. (laughs) (laughs) Mind all we can. Yeah. I wanted to kind of start off this back end portion with, you know, I only recently got to know you kind of at the latter part of 2021 when we worked together on Hornet's Nest. And then we've since worked together on another project. And so I'm curious, you mentioned that you moved back up from Georgia to Charlotte. Like what's been the process for you kind of getting to this point so far? Like was starting that, back from when I was a kiddo or since I've been working professionally as an actor? Wherever you feel like the story needs to start from. Well, in daycare, they did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and I was Rudolph. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Oh. And they did Red Lipstick. I had no lines, but they found me at the end and there I was. And I thought this was fun, but I want some lines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. classic actor uh, mentality (laughs) yeah but I didn't really do much else 
I realized later I was looking for performance outlets of some kind, but I did, I played softball and then I was a cheerleader. And then I found out in high school, we had a drama club and some of my friends were in it. Mm. I had no idea it was there. So I quit cheerleading and they were all mad at me about it. And I was like, Mm. bye, peace. And joined drama club and had no idea what I was doing. My friends were there. It seemed fun. I did it when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I'd been thinking about it. And between Rudolph and high school drama club, my dad would always say, you have to watch these old movies. You're going to love them. And they were black and white Gene Kelly movies, Frank Sinatra movies. And he's like, no, you have to watch it. It's classic. And I just was so enthralled watching Gene Kelly. And I don't, (laughs) not a dancer singer. So I knew Mm -hmm. being a triple threat was never going to be my route. So ultimately it would have to be film and musical movies are not as common as they were then. So I, I, mm-hmm. I had yeah. the awareness to know that wasn't going to happen. But I became a theater major in college. And my mom almost had a heart attack because she wanted me to be a doctor <laughs> uh. <laughs> or a nurse. You know, something where she knew I'd always be able to make some kind of money. Yeah. yeah. So that didn't happen. But I did go to the theater department at Birmingham Southern. And I loved it. And when... I got out. I knew I had to transition somehow to film. And when we moved to Charlotte for my husband's job, he was military. So when he finally got out, he said, I promise we'll move somewhere so you can be involved with acting. And he got mm-hmm. out and we randomly got to Charlotte. We were not expecting it. He got a job here and we looked and they had this huge film industry, right? Nothing was in Atlanta. We were in Georgia when he was in the military. Nothing was in Atlanta. We moved here. Tax incentives went away. Everything moved to Atlanta. <laughs> But I'm, I've met a great mm. film community here. I met my agent here um, and my acting coach at the Film Actor <laughs> Studio. And they have been amazing at transitioning me from stage to camera. And I talk to a lot of actors now that have theater backgrounds and theater degrees, maybe even masters in theater. And they'll say, oh, yeah, we did like a semester on camera. And I say, it ain't enough. Mm-hmm. Like you have got to get tons of coaching on camera and you just have to do it a lot. It is so different than being on stage. And the the execution, the stillness, very different. It just does mm-hmm. not read the same. And so I I was I've been very thankful to Lon, my acting coach, for helping me make mm-hmm. that transition. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm now. And I realized too, especially in the Southeast, we do not have as actors, we do not have enough footage. And my agent finally talked to me about that, especially with all the New York and L.A. actors we get submitted against for TV shows, Mm -hmm. even for smaller roles, which I was surprised about. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's got to be good footage. I heard uh, Chase Paris on a uh, webinar say, if your footage does not look like it might be from a TV show, I don't want to see it. (laughs) It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, okay. So not just footage, but good footage. And I've had footage that I thought would be good that my agent said, Hey, it's just not dynamic enough. We need this whole scene to be about you, even if you're not the lead. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's hard to cut your footage like you need. It's hard to get quality footage, which is another reason I love our little film community, Trey, that we're do- we have mm-hmm. here. I feel like there's quality stuff. Is that the draw with, you know, we've had Andrew on and I know he shoots a lot of scene work with people. Like, is that the reason just because you need that footage? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And I think a lot of people jump into trying to find an agent way too soon. And I did. And I started booking uh, 
a lot of big brand commercials. And mm-hmm. I started getting requested by major casting directors for U5 roles on big uh, TV shows, on films. But getting to the point of booking, this is the big issue. And this is what my agent was saying. Hey, we just don't have enough footage for you because it will come down to your demo reel compared to somebody else's because the, the directors and producers just don't have much to look at. Yeah. And I think a lot of actors in the Southeast especially don't realize how much actors from New York and LA have. So right. we have got to get prolific at making shorts, indie student films. And this mm-hmm. is really where I am right now. I've got to, I've got to make up that time. And I think one of the best ways for actors to prove their product, I'm putting that in quotes, like mm-hmm. your, your <laughs> acting is your product and you have to prove it to the marketplace. Just like yeah. any other, any other product, even like a physical product is the same thing. So the best way I think mm-hmm. for us to do that is film festivals, because that's where you can get awards before you get into the big dog awards, like a SAG mm-hmm. award mm-hmm. or an Oscar. You know, you're not you're not there yet. None of us, anybody getting started or that has is still not booking major roles on yeah. TV shows or films. You're we mm-hmm. we got to we got to put in that time. And yeah. I think uh, I think uh, film festivals are one of the best places to do that. And then you have mm-hmm. people that don't know you watching you and you potentially, you can potentially win some awards and just try it. Be on set. Yeah. See what it's like. Yeah. I've definitely learned some lessons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. And uh, I'm, one of my questions would be about people from New York and LA is, is it pot- potentially due to the amount of volume that they potentially have uh, of projects going on? Um, and also maybe the caliber as well, because you talked about quality of uh, clips as well. Yes, I'm not 100%. And I was thinking about this today. And I think it's because it's so hard for them to get onto SAG productions because they're not in a right to work state like we are in the Southeast. Okay. So mm-hmm. you can go audition for Iron Man, whatever. Marvel mm-hmm. movie you want to, even if you're not in the union, even if you're not SAG-AFTRA because of right to work, they cannot ask mm-hmm. to see your SAG card. So lots of people that are non-union. I heard Feldstein in Paris say at a, at a panel interview I went to in Atlanta and they said, we do that paperwork all the time. If you're not union, we, we do, we do that paperwork all the time for people getting on union shows, mm-hmm. but in New York and LA, that's not the case. I, I mean, even yeah. to get, uh, eligible for SAG-AFTRA, uh, you've got to do, I think it's like 70 or 80. It's something extreme, uh, SAG mm-hmm. extras roles. And to even get yeah. on those, you're not SAG, but you have to know someone that is, or kind of be in a loop somewhere because they don't really want you unless you are, but you have to do them to become SAG. Yeah. It's a catch 22. Yeah. So they really had to put in crazy time that we just have not had to in the Southeast. And that, that mm-hmm. grind, I think, is part of it. And then also, that's where all the major acting coaches flock to as mm-hmm. well, because that's where the industry has been for so long. Yeah. Um, and additionally, everything has to go through union. So everything has to be top notch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Top notch content. That's right. That's that's my, <laughs> that's what I think is happening there. Okay. Yeah. A lot more front end effort to even get your name to go across the table. Out, the, mm-hmm. out there 
Yeah. Yeah. And union union parameters for professional level work. Yeah. Interesting. I'm curious when you just now I'm on this tangent with the comparison of the Southeast to everywhere else. Well, New York and LA, I guess. Like, is there that much of a difference between the the quality of the acting? I, mean, I know that's somewhat of a subjective question, but like because of what you're talking about and maybe having to do a lot more work and keeping your head down a lot longer and maybe having better, in quotes, training, like are they actually doing more quality things? Because... I'm sure I've seen plenty of LA actors that have done terrible stuff Mm -hmm. and likewise in the Southeast. I'm just curious what, what your thoughts are on that. So I've lived in both New York and LA and I did the New York film Academy one summer as an internship in New York. And there's been one person that I've seen really excel. Well, a few people um, out of that class that in LA, I wasn't, in those circles as much. Mm-hmm. And I was about to dive into them. And then long story short is I came back to visit my family for the summer and met my now husband. <laughs> um, so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, there we go. Um, but <laughs> the end, I didn't know everything was moving to Atlanta, but it did. So it kind of worked out. Um, but I have talked to people that have auditioned in Atlanta with people that were here from LA and they said, the way they carried themselves was way more confident than they felt like they carried themselves. Okay. So that's interesting. I do think actors don't feel like they can really make demands. And I don't think you have to be a diva to do that. I think you can still say, Hey, this is me. This is what I have to offer. This is what I want. Um, really control the scene more. Uh, I've worked mm-hmm. with someone before who books a lot and we worked together on an industrial and I remember him messing up and instead of waiting on the cut, he just went, wait, 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 I don't feel good about that. Let's just, let me start that over. So he just really took control of the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's boss right there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So I think LA uh, actors maybe just feel more comfortable doing that because of where they live and the dynamic of the cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of like the, uh, not quite a exact comparison, maybe apples and bananas, but like, you know, someone goes to Harvard and like, oh yeah, like I'm a lawyer. And then it's like, well, you know, you could go to, Wake Forest and be probably just as good of a lawyer as they are, but they went to Harvard. So like mm-hmm. they just have that extra pep in their step. Yeah. But I've never, mm-hmm. I've never asked any of our doctors or lawyer, Hey, let me see your degree and where it's from. Yeah. I mean, you can see they have one. I mean, they can't practice legally yeah. unless they do. Then you look behind them and it's like crayon <laughs> on it's it. Crayon it's crayon like, Maybe I should have. <laughs> Yeah, that explains <laughs> Maybe I should look into this guy a bit. Yeah, it um, all kind of comes out in the wash <laughs> somewhat. 
I, uh, I think that's something that I've always had in the back of my mind. I've never really thought too heavily about it as far as actors from New York and L.A., just because I've heard so many stories of people coming from other places, uh, whether it be the Southeast or Midwest, wherever it is of really good actors and people that, you know, people who are really talented and are dedicated and constantly work and then also have, uh, you know, put themselves out there, put themselves in the way of luck uh, or in the way of success uh, opportunities. And so I, I think that's a really interesting uh, question just in general is, you know, L.A., New York, and then Atlanta now. Um, but I've also heard some stuff about Atlanta being really good at self-tapes. <laughs> I've heard people say Atlanta is amazing at self-tapes, like the Southeast and then LA and New York. They'll just be in the boiler room of their apartment uh, building. <laughs> I have heard that they don't have a clue about self-taping, but think about it. They just went into the casting office and mm-hmm. they handled it for them. Yeah. And when I started, I had like my Christmas present that year was a whole self-taping setup because Mm. I had to. That was how it was already happening. So for people that are new to it, you just had to figure self-taping out and it it wasn't weird. So I did both where I was going in the office a lot, especially here um, at one of the casting offices that does a lot of commercial work. And they would call me in a lot. But since COVID, I've had tons of auditions from them, but none of them have been in person anymore. And there's mm-hmm. a silver lining to that. I was actually just talking, you guys interviewed Erica and I was just talking to her today mm-hmm. about, yeah, now we, it feels like we have to be a director and a cinematographer and an editor. It takes a lot of time to get a self tape done mm-hmm. and you got to make sure it looks right and sounds right. Or your thumbnail will just get deleted before they even look at it. Yeah. Right. And that's not really our job, but the silver lining is, and my acting coach mentioned this to me, you get to pick your take. When you go mm-hmm. somewhere, like to the casting office or even to pay to get a self-tape, they yeah. pick. And they don't give you 45 minutes or however long you want if you have the time in your mm-hmm. day to tape as many times as you want, if you want. Yeah. So there is that silver lining, but there is a there is a technical learning curve that, mm-hmm. I mean, if you were an actor and have only ever been an actor in a city like New York or LA and you never had to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're thinking what in yeah. the world? Yeah. yeah. It would be really strange. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's a, a lot to do. It's already tough enough. I'm imagining of course, cause I'm not an actor, but um, just trying to focus on that, but then make sure that everything you're doing is within the, parameters so you actually don't get you know thrown in the garbage yeah (laughs) um yep i know something that you do that has been i'm sure a big help to a lot of people at least locally um or whoever has access to your youtube channel of course uh is this series actor boss what is that what are you trying to empower actors with to be their own boss to really start taking charge of their own success and can you mention something and it made me think when i first started transitioning from theater to film i would ask Mm -hmm. other actors you know like hey what are you working on right now and a lot of responses that 
I would hear were, oh, well, I'm just sitting around waiting on casting directors to call. And I've always been super assertive and I mm-hmm. like, I, I don't like just sitting on my hands. I feel like there's going to be something yeah. I can do right now. And ultimately I'm not, I'm, I'm not the decision maker on whether or not I get cast, but what can oh, yeah. I work on right now in the meantime? And there are, there are casting directors that put out great information for actors but that is very specifically about auditions. Like that's their forte, right? Auditions. Mm-hmm. So when I started becoming a screen actor, there are all these steps that I thought, wow, I really wish someone would have told me this. One of those being about getting more footage, doing more mm-hmm. films, and really, yeah. really just digging my heels in in the indie film world for longer um, and sooner mm-hmm. than I did. Mm-hmm. So... I, I think we get trapped as actors a lot and, oh, I'm not getting cast. No one's calling me. And sometimes the industry just has random weird things going on, especially post pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. we aren't in control of that, but we can be in control of what we can work on. So special skills, for example, is a great example. Work on one that you already mm-hmm. have, maybe start learning a new one. Do something to make yourself more marketable in any way that you mm-hmm. can. So that is where that came from. And actually that, the name came from my nickname in daycare. My daycare workers called me boss. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my mom nice. and dad were full time and they were like, we got to find somebody to take care of this bossy little kid that we have. Goodness. So they just started <laughs> calling me boss, but that it was that idea that, okay, I have acting is my business. I have to be the boss of my own business. And how can uh-huh. I translate what I'm learning to other actors so they can learn how to be the boss of their acting business. Because ultimately, yeah. if you want to do it professionally, you do have to start running yourself as a, as a business. Yeah. So I think that is yeah. vital. And it's something a lot of actors miss. Now, the craft is foundational. I mean, mm-hmm. I do think working on your ta- your craft as an actor, doing scene work, being with a coach, working with a coach, that is really crucial. And you can have all your ducks in a row and show up and freeze or show up and not have honed your craft at all. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have your 15 minutes and that'll be it. Yeah. So that is the, that is the foundation. But if you want to do it professionally and not just as a hobby, you've got to start thinking about it in terms of a business and you're the boss of that business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's something uh, that even I am still figuring out is, you know, who, not only how do I navigate, like what can I do as far as networking goes and then uh, setup wise, how can I make sure my self tapes are really good? How is my first uh, digital handshake with the casting directors whenever they open up whatever I'm sending to them? What can I do to help make their job easier so that it's pretty much uh like a godsend when they've looked through a bunch of misnamed files and uh, <laughs> uh, stuff that's uh, completely out of whack, <laughs> uh, just bad audio and all that. So yeah, that's stuff that recently I've started looking back into and uh, honing um, and being more uh, proactive. And I think that's amazing, uh, especially with actors. I, I do know some people that do tend to get into the woe is me attitude of oh I'm just gonna wait and sit around and uh wait until I get that c mail email uh from (laughs) an agent or at least maybe even if they don't have an agent just uh you know maybe like oh I'll submit you know once 
this month or uh you know they they just aren't as proactive about it so i think it's amazing that uh you have you're helping people with that yeah thank you yeah. i was on set and i first started a lot of people would say hey it feels like you're really good at the business of acting and a lot of actors just look like a deer in headlights when they said something to me but i don't have an mba i didn't have a business background i just started learning what i could about online marketing and I started to I started to hit a wall in some areas that actors that got started before me, I didn't sign with my agency until 2016. So mm-hmm. I would hear about actors saying, you know, they still had residuals coming in from whatever project. And I thought, I haven't had yeah. a single one. And I've booked with huge major companies that I know can afford it. But social media ads have started to kill our residuals and streaming services. Mm-hmm. That's also starting to become an issue. Yeah. Right. So the long and short of it without getting into too many details is those residuals. I don't know if we're going to see them again and I don't know mm-hmm. how often we're going to get them or how long it's going to be until they completely go away, but yeah. we just can't depend on them anymore. And that is how actors went full time in the past. So mm-hmm. I know some actors that are still living off residuals. They're getting from something they did in the nineties and it just ain't going to oh, happen yeah. if you're, <laughs> you're getting started in, yeah. in, you know, at least 2016 and later at least not for now. Mm-hmm. The union may step in and, and work on it and do something. But even okay. one of the contracts that I did not get residuals for was union. So yeah. it's affecting everyone. So, yeah, I'm curious, just from a residual standpoint, what is like what is different about the streaming contracts where they're not factoring in those types of things because they're you know as much like network or you know what whatever companies have these rights for things where residuals come in for however long it's running on something like are they just acting like oh yeah we don't know about that part and then kind of just thinking that there's enough on the front end or I mean I really don't know a lot about those types of contracts because I'm still waiting for Netflix to hire me to direct something. <laughs> we'll see. I have asked a couple of actors that have booked streaming shows, but I th- I, I don't know. I'm still trying mm-hmm. to find this information out. But some of the actors that I have asked about this also looked at me like, they were deer in headlights. And I thought, you don't know, you got to mm-hmm. find out if you're getting residuals on yeah, that or not. Yeah. If it was contracted in, go ask your agent now. So I'm still waiting on answers. The first time this became apparent to me was I was watching the show Bones after it started streaming. Mm-hmm. And the two lead actors in that became executive producers. And then it went on to Hulu. Well, there's a whole article right up and I cannot remember where it was, but if you try to Google this information, um, you know, like Bones streaming contract, not only were they actors, they were also executive producers. And there was some big issue about the same person for the show and Hulu signed these contracts and they were never contacted, you know, about what mm. was going to happen with the residuals. Or And like, so they didn't get, from what I understand, it became an issue because they weren't getting a cut from anything, not just as lead, the lead actors on the show, but also mm-hmm. from as an executive producer. And so that was when the industry went, wait a minute, how are we doing this? And I kind of think they're still trying to figure it out too. And for, I know what 
the solution is for social media commercials with big brands. With streaming services, I'm still investigating that and chatting with people to mm-hmm. find out. But I mean, if you think about what people are paying per month, it's I don't know that it's ultimately enough to afford everyone's residuals on the platform. Mm-hmm. That the math just doesn't make sense. So granted, yeah. they're making money other ways and not just from those monthly fees, but um, yeah. At, yeah. So the contracts have to be like the social media ads. They're usually, mm-hmm. uh, usually now they just say internet and it's like, okay, the internet is international. It's a huge <laughs> uh, place. You got to be more specific. They can do yeah. it in multiple countries. Okay. So that should be better than national commercial residuals. But even if you just want to mm-hmm. pay us national commercial residuals, uh, one of the arguments that I heard from someone, another actor that has worked with a union before said, they said, well, they can't track who's watching it. And I said, bull crap, Facebook analytics, Google mm-hmm. analytics are so specific. Oh, yeah. They can track a hundred percent unique views. So if the same person mm-hmm. watched the video five times or the commercial five times, they're not going to, they're only going to get counted once in those analytics. Yeah. So you can yeah. still find a hundred percent unique views and there, I still think should be parameters because again, it's international reach. The ROI is way better for these companies. They're not mm-hmm. spending nearly as much money because the targeting is so good and they can see how much of the commercials somebody watched versus it's just blasting in someone's living room. And they don't mm-hmm. know if they went to the kitchen or the bathroom, <laughs> you know, right. just to run back like it's on, like get back in here. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> they can see that people are actually their profile clicked, watched how long they stayed on the video, how long they interacted mm-hmm. with it. So I know the analytics are there for that. Right. I know that these streaming services are pulling analytics to some degree. And obviously they're mm-hmm. running these commercials. Some of them are running commercials. I'm convinced that the streaming services are fully aware of every single individual view, the runtime, all of that information, and that they know they're operating like let's say Warner Brothers or Universal. And then they're acting like they aren't from a financial perspective because mm-hmm. they always want their cake and eating yeah. it too with yeah. like award season type stuff and mm-hmm. you know getting their movies in the theaters just long enough for that type of thing. And they're spending money like these big studios. Mm-hmm. So you talked about not having the capital. Yeah. Maybe they don't because they're spending freaking 150 million on something that no one really wants to see. But yeah. then people watch it because it's there and then they're walking yeah. around doing laundry and dishes and it's just on. So Even it's these like analytics. Yeah. It's, I don't, you never see the numbers. But you mm-hmm. know they are collecting all that information. They have to be. I heard something uh, just from the grapevine of like people like Netflix and potentially Hulu at the same time. They pay residuals based on uh, percentage of uh, viewers. I think Netflix was like regardless of uh, how many... Uh, viewers something gets you get the same amount of residuals as any other show depending on traffic to Netflix itself wow. so I don't know how much 
how true that is, but I heard that in total traffic to Netflix residuals are paid out if you're on, you know, whether whatever whatever show you're Ozark on. Ozark or it gets whatever the same. Else. Yeah. Uh so it, I think I think that's where a lot of the whole I know we just recently went through a uh going to the cliff of striking, which um it seems like uh people are not too happy about the outcome. Um, but as of right now, you know, it's, it's been on everyone's mind, you know, as soon as we got out of COVID, there was the strike and everyone's like, Oh no, (laughs) right. When we thought it was about to go back to normal, it's potentially about to be shut down again. It always seems like things like that go about as well as when Congress is right on the verge of needing to, like extend the debt mm-hmm. ceiling and they wait till like the night before and they're like, Oh, we extended it. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, but you didn't really fix the problem. Yeah. It's like just that's how putting a little go. bandage on a huge crack. Yeah. It's, that's, I could talk about that. <laughs> time, but. Podcast. This is again, I think actors don't realize they can and should ask to be given that information. So I've had auditions for Netflix and Hulu shows, but it's like, well, okay, but if I get booked, I'm going to need to, even if it's just like this U5 role, this one line, like those Mm -hmm. usually I'm guessing they're not going to pull residuals, right? I'm not expecting Mm -hmm. that for those smaller roles, but what are the contract terms? Because for the usage, Mm -hmm. it's so different than it was for network television. And so I think everyone is still figuring that out or, and I think actors are still not sure if they can ask, but you can totally ask, especially if you do it the right way, you do it professionally, especially if you ask Mm -hmm. your agent, you will not be auditioning or getting requested for any of those networks if you don't have an agent. So it's going to be coming through an agent and there is, if you guys are treating your relationship as a team effort, they should be totally open and cool to sending you any of that information, but we need to know it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's okay yeah. to ask. So as far as, because this is the big question right now is like, all right, well, I know what's going on with social media ads for the streaming networks. I don't know. I don't feel like any of the other actors have asked. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's just a gift to get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, because, well, I, I do get that in a sense of, yes, I got this thing and everyone's going to see it and I'm probably making, you know, decent on the front end. Mm -hmm. But it's one of those, like, just ignorance is bliss type of things. Like, you don't know because you didn't ask, but you could have asked and you could have really learned a lot for the future things. Yeah. Um, Understanding the rules of the game, like what, yeah. where, where can you push a little bit? What, what, what kind of buttons can you push? Are there buttons to push in the first place? Yes, <laughs> I think I actors are scared to stir the pot, but I think it yeah. you might actually get more respect if you again look at it from business terms. The producers do; they're not in this for mm-hmm. craft. They're in a; it's a business. It's it's a money yeah. machine. Okay, it needs to be a for profit business so they can keep mm-hmm. doing it. So for them, everything yeah. is all business. And I think we forget that as actors because we are more attached to the art and the craft and yeah. our goals versus, oh, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. I, these are just smart questions to ask. And you might actually get some respect from some of these people mm-hmm. because it's like, oh, okay, this isn't just some 
kid wanting to be on TV, like this is someone being professional and asking the right questions. And I think it's also yeah. to how you ask. Right. Yeah. And when you do ask those questions, that's going to be the difference in you being able to do those actual roles for mm-hmm. a living versus, you know, dropping those in interchangeably with the food line commercials and all the stuff that no one really wants to do, you know. <laughs> yeah. The goal is to work and make a living uh, on shows or t- uh, movies. I have heard that commercial print and voiceover do still pay residuals. So those are options. Mm. And I don't know if it's a yeah. contract, but for the other actors that I asked about that, they said they still can get residuals off of those two, those two types of mm-hmm. So that is at least nice. there now. Yeah. So do a bunch of that. Then put on your confidence shoes and start asking those questions <laughs> on that. Actual, more creative things. Yes. And then you'll have that coming in while you're doing the shows and stuff. Nice. Well, where can people find Actor Boss, what what you do, your series, all that sort of stuff? Where can people find out more? Sure, yeah. It's at my website. It's my name. So it's SpurgeonPerkins.com. And Spurgeon Mm -hmm. is like a medical surgeon with the letter P, S P U R G E O N. So Mm spurgeonperkins.com forward slash bio, B I O. That's my bio page. And you can find whatever you need to know about it at spurgeonperkins.com forward slash bio. Nice. Excellent. And just because I know you have a ton of them, what are just like one or two like, things that you see so many young actors making the mistake of aside from what we've talked about with the contract things just like maybe craft things sure so i learned we we chatted a little bit about this trey but i learned a couple of lessons on set recently in these films that we've been working on one of them was i really wanted to emotionally connect for a short i did happy holly in a different way Mm -hmm. at the top of the film than I do, you know, toward the end of the film, there's a moment where I told Jeremy and Andrew while we were filming, Hey, this woman has to have some kind of emotional break. I feel like, let me try something. And I loved that moment and it really hit home with them and they loved it. But Mm -hmm. everything that we shot before that, I kept thinking it is not connecting like I want it to. And when I rehearsed and why, and I realized Mm -hmm. this is just a very simple technical note for actors. We were in this creepy attic. (laughs) I had to sit (laughs) cross-legged and then turn over my left shoulder like this. And my torso is twisted to talk to the girl playing my daughter. Mm -hmm. I had no breast support. I'd let you have to have your breast support. Mm -hmm. You have to protect it to emotionally connect like you need to. So I realized I should have just asked to move the way I was sitting. I just, I just didn't realize in the moment that's what the problem was because I kept standing Mm -hmm. up and going back downstairs to walk back up for the shot and sit down. And I kept going downstairs and thinking, what is going on? And it wasn't until after the shoot, I realized, oh, this is why, this is why I I wasn't protecting my breathing. And then we were just on the hornet's nest. We were, you know, sweating profusely. It was end of (laughs) July, August mosquitoes all that stuff yeah and even though i had a huge gallon of water i always have that with me and trey called it my spurgeon's hydration station (laughs) (laughs) and i knew that it was going to be it needed to be an emotional scene because the my family's being 
you know, there's an issue going on with my family. And I was drinking all this water. We were sweating profusely. And it's very possible that I still was dehydrated. But it dawned mm-hmm. on me as well. I already eat a very low sodium diet. So people have always said, if you think there's going to be any kind of emotion, tears, make sure you're hydrated, drink tons of water. But you also have to have electrolytes. And, and I just, I literally right. went, I literally, literally went down to where you guys had lunch. And I was looking for those little salt packets in uh-huh. the oh. forks. And they had all been cleaned up. But I didn't eat anything really that morning because it was so hot outside that I knew I would get nauseous and from being overheated. Uh-huh. So I already eat low sodium. I didn't eat anything that had sodium that morning. And I just also, I did not have any salt in my system. It felt like because I sweat it all out. And I just thought mm-hmm. it is not a good idea to do this normally, but I'm about to eat a pack of salt if I can find a it. A packet of salt <laughs> <Yes>! straight. Because <laughs> I did my work in the bathroom beforehand and I had tears. It was great. But by the time we had been on set outside that long, you just really have to, you have to pr- protect your body. And I thought mm-hmm. I was yeah. doing that by just drinking water, but if you're sweating profusely, you might also need some salt. Yeah. Might might need to pack a few salt packets. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just technical things like that you're going to learn on set. Yeah. And I always have a moment that I love when I'm shooting, but to extend that through over the entire shoot, I'm just gonna have to do it more. And I and I think that's what new actors need to know. Get in class, work on your craft, specifically with a film coach. But then also you are going to learn along the way. You're going to hate a lot of things that you do. But as long as you're finding a lesson in them, I feel like that is what's going to help you battle insecurity to keep you moving forward, excited about the next project to see what you can offer that next project with those lessons now under your belt. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Beautifully said. Well, as we wrap things up, we'd like to ask our guests uh, just a few things that you've been watching. Anything you recommend? Oh, guys, I only have Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> ah. and Striking were, against Netflix and Hulu. <laughs> I just don't have time. to, And I know that if mm-hmm. I had them, I would watch yeah. them all the time. Now, we did stay in an Airbnb for like three months in Greenville, and it had a smart TV. And so I told my husband, like, I have to binge watch Stranger Things or I'm going to be outcast in the acting world. Yes. yes. So I have to know what's going on there. So I will get, I'll find opportunities. And if there's a show that I know is hopping and popping, or if there's something, a show I need to learn about, mm-hmm. I can, I can find a way to watch it. Yeah. I mean, I'll go, I'll, yeah. I'll go to somebody's house or if we end up in Airbnb or if I know I'm going to have access to something like to a show, a smart TV with Netflix, mm-hmm. um, or if I just need to buy it for a little while and watch it, fine, cool. I'll do that. Right. for research but uh yeah anyways amazon prime has um imdb tv so i just watched this show royal pains i just remember seeing it a lot when i was when i was young oh yeah the doctor moves to the hamptons mm-hmm. but one of our most precious resources and this is becoming more obvious to me is time and so i just don't have time for ads so i finished it because i started watching it but I try to just watch things that don't have ads now, or I'll just, I'll just pay if it's a movie, I'll run a movie. Um, I just watch. Oh, I just watched the entire underworld series with Kate Beckinsale. Oh yeah. I really wanted to see that for a long time and I always like her and I haven't seen it. And, um, so yeah, I finally got to watch, watch that. And that's fun. I feel like I'm in the, I'm in the fan club now. Mm, Mm -hmm. Nice. There's like five of those, aren't there? Yeah. I didn't realize the series was that long, but yeah. Yeah. 
So awesome. that was fun. So now I feel like I'm kind of on the up and up. Oh, I just, um, I just tried to, uh, no, I did just watch the first season of Wheel of Time that just came out on Prime. Wheel of Time. Okay. Rosamund Pike is the lead on that. And I was interested mm-hmm. because there are a lot of new actors that I haven't seen or noticed from other projects. And they were great. I mean, one of the guys had one credit on IMDb and he's one of the main guys mm-hmm. and he was awesome. And I thought, this is so cool. Like, I love that when actors yeah. have a background and somebody saw something in them and there they yeah. are on this prime original. It is based on a book <laughs> series from what I know. So if you haven't mm-hmm. read the books based on the reviews, people that read the books hate it. But people that <laughs> just want a yeah. you know, sci-fi fantasy fiction show to watch. Can't please everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. But it was, I mean, it was very well done and the, the scenery is beautiful. And those actors got to go to some really cool places. I looked at the locations and they're on location oh, wow. in some cool places. Really? So yeah. Mm. Wow. That's not as common. That's, that's awesome. I haven't heard of will of time. So I have to research that. Yeah. Wheels got- of time or will of time? I think it's the wheel it's- of time. Wheel of time. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got some friends that are uh, fans of that. Yeah. Did they read the books? Yeah, they were fans of the books. And so they were talking about before the show had come out. So they were I talking just have about a general hype. blanket statement about the book movie deal. Like, mm-hmm. leave the freaking book in your mind at home. <laughs> There's no <laughs> way that you're going to perfectly align with the individual yeah. like imagination that that person had that adapted it. Like, mm-hmm. we got to get over that. Like, didn't Harry Potter teach us anything? <laughs> I was going to say, it can don't. still be good. I don't think. I don't think this would be the issue for either of you, but if anybody's listening, don't watch it with children. Like there's some stuff in it that I was like, this is not PG. I just got to skip through that. But if you have children around, I wouldn't watch it with them. Just warning. Yeah. There's so few shows that you could probably watch with kids these days. I know. Yeah. And I'm just very like, no, like this, or I'm just like, skip it, skip it. Okay. What are we, what's the storyline again? Yes. I, I really love, the sci-fi fantasy fiction shows um just because they're fun especially instead of being so political like let's just or controversial like let's just do some fun stuff and (laughs) and really kind of create that escape for people i think that is what a lot of people like and so i really like enjoy those shows um but i really love when it's an action movie or an action show especially movies and it's just action like john wick Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Uh-oh. John Wick. Uh, you already know. You, you just Trey, Trey already knows. Yes, that is my my one of my favorite films of all time. Yeah, my husband and I that is purchased just a those. Fun film. And when there's a mm-hmm. new one coming out, we're always dying. I feel like it's like two years between each one or five. Yeah, long. And we're like, when's the next one? And so sometimes he's like, Hey, do you want to watch the John Wick series? And I'm like, Yeah. And then we'll do it again before it comes out. Yeah, right. there's a uh, since you're a fan. They're coming out with the Continental. Oh, so that yes. is a TV. That is a TV show based on the John Wick uh, Underworld. Yes, will so, Lance Reddick be in it? I think he. W- I think he may make uh, an appearance as Caron. I like him. I love his voice. Excellent. I didn't know that. Is it on Netflix? I don't think it'll be Netflix. Amazon Prime. I don't know about Amazon Prime. I'm feeling. I'm feeling like it's more of a HBO. Yeah, it feels HBO-ish. Yeah. Or like Showtime HBO or something like that. Yeah. 
But that's that is uh, I'm excited for that. I'm definitely, especially uh, John Wick. But uh, let so you are on all the social medias, right? You're on all platforms, right? Social media burns my brain, and I am I have stepped back from it. I am on Instagram. I stepped mm-hmm. away from it a little bit, and. Instagram and I haven't done some new things in my YouTube, but I know I have an idea for something that I want to do with my YouTube station that I think would be really helpful to Mm -hmm. actors. That might be a new series that I try. Um, But for right Mm -hmm. now, what I really want to want to do is because I have students in my online courses is I'm trying to clean those up and make those as valuable as possible because I have paying Mm -hmm. students in there. So, and like tomorrow I have an interview with an acting membership group that they joined it. And so I'm going to go help do some Q and a just one-on-one with their group. So that is really mm-hmm. where my focus is right now. But yeah, if somebody mm-hmm. reaches out to me on Instagram, I, <laughs> all my actor friends on Instagram are like, you yeah. message me a question and then you ghosted me for like two weeks and then I'll pop back in and answer <laughs> as if it was yesterday. I know people are like, mm-hmm. what, where did she go? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I still, I'll still check into the Instagram. There are a lot of actors there. So and and film, people from the film community and so it's a good place for me to s- keep up with everyone and see what's going on. So that is a um, a good place, yeah. Nice. And what is your what is your handle on there? At Spurgeon Perkins. At Spurgeon Perkins. Keep it simple. I like it. Right. Yeah. I was expecting maybe the official. The official. Spurgeon Perkins. <laughs> Isn't that the worst when you have to do have to do that? Actually, it is a good idea I, to go I do. get all of them to get your name to like seed your social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've had to, uh, mine is underscore Ken Jackson underscore. So that was the closest I could get to it. Just being, uh, yeah, just my name, adding some underscores. That's impossible, <laughs> dude. Do you know if anyone yeah. else in the union has it? Have you joined yet? I have not joined. Have you checked? Cause only, only one person can have the name. A name. Mm, that might that might be a, a. At least you have two options breaker. right off the bat, Ken or Kenneth. Yeah. Ken or Kenneth. I mean, if I have to go Kenny, I'm gonna be upset. <laughs> no, you can't do Kenny. I know. Though. I don't want to. I don't want to be Kenny Jackson. Kenny I mean, boy Jackson. I mean, a lot of a lot of people that I knew uh, from when I was young. I swear, I'll. I'll they'll be hanging out with me with some friends that I have now, and I used to be called Kenny when I was younger. And so now I introduce myself as Kenneth. And because, you know, I've evolved into a Kenneth now. I feel like a Kenneth. Into your name. Um, so they'll, uh, my friends now will say, oh, you know, Kenneth. Uh, yeah. Well, how did you meet Kenneth? And then they'll be like, you mean Kenny? Like, just dead yeah. face just uh no it's kenny uh and, <laughs> and i'm over here i'm homer over here simpson i was gonna say homer bush. simpson into the hedge I, i'm just getting out of that situation <laughs> as quickly as possible yeah <laughs> just oh i gotta gotta go to uh the restroom i'll be back <laughs> yeah yeah well all right guys thank Sweet. you so much for having me i know we went a little over mm-hmm. but we were having fun, yeah so. tried to be mindful but that uh went right out the window on us yeah, thank you so much for yeah. being on, Spurgeon. I always, I always try to clear my schedule when I have stuff like this, just in case stuff goes over. So we're probably well, yeah. maybe going to go to Chipotle. 
See if I get zits. So I feel like I can eat Chipotle and not get zits or clean juice. Those are both in Charlotte. Oh, do y'all have them in Atlanta? Mm-hmm. I mean, clean juice. Clean juice. I got a Chipotle not in Atlanta. Surely. Chipotle is in Atlanta. Yes. That would be blasphemy. Yes. Clean juice. I'll have to I'll have to look it up, but y'all enjoy your time at Chipotle. Bye. Thank you so much. But all right, thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode. We had a blast talking with Spurgeon getting all these little tidbits of information about how an actor can be a little better equipped, maybe approach their craft with a little more confidence and go in there and ask the questions that need to be asked. There was a lot of conversation about how the industry is shifting and um, how to get what you're worth and to learn about that and all those other aspects that you don't often think about when you're trying to prepare for a role, but it's important if you want to be able to make a living doing this thing. So I really just enjoyed all that she had to say, and she was a blast to have on, really upbeat and a charming individual. Yeah, I really loved what she had to say. She uh, went into detail about what I think she did a great job of is reminding us and this could be applied to many different facets of life but specifically acting uh getting out of that waiting for things to getting out of that reactive mindset when it comes to work and getting more into that proactive mindset of i'm not getting work right now what can i be doing Mm -hmm. how can i be improving myself and that could be through multiple different ways she mentioned special skills she mentioned um, you know, improving your setup as far as self-taping goes, understanding, yeah. educating yourself on the industry. So she gave a lot of great advice, and I think that you should definitely check out uh, Actor Boss. Yeah, you can check that out on YouTube, and you can find her on Instagram at her name, mm-hmm. Spurgeon Perkins, and she has a lot of great content in both areas that we think will be helpful. Yeah. And we think that you're an amazing person for listening to this podcast. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Uh, (laughs) If you didn't know that yet. And for getting this far, you're amazing. Trey, please. You get a prize. And that prize is... Yes. The knowledge that we love you. There it is. You could not get any better of a prize. Yeah. Uh, perhaps a Ferrari could have done Trey, but we'll we'll look into the budget for that next yeah. uh, season. Uh, season four, Ferraris <laughs> coming at you, every listener. That's right. Uh, look under <laughs> your seats. <laughs> it's an actual Ferrari. Uh, it's not the keys. It's You're already the sitting actual. in it. <laughs> They're like, oh my god, what? Whoa, how did I get in this Ferrari? <laughs> yeah, but. In the meantime, while you're waiting on that, jump over there on Instagram and take a look at what we've posted. Jump back and listen to old episodes mm-hmm. if you'd like. And, of course, our handle on Instagram is at the center vibes. Mm-hmm. And if you're a little more analog and you want to do the old email thing, oh yeah, you can send us an email at thecentervibescast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we reply immediately we do to those. I mean, like at any time of the day, it'll be an yeah. instant response. Like I, we're not 
joking. Like you hit send, you have a response in your inbox. That might be because <laughs> it said it didn't deliver, but still. <laughs> that may be it. Uh, in <laughs> which case we ask that you go back and re-type uh, it. Uh, yeah. This time making sure that there are no spelling errors. But <laughs> once the email does make it through, give it about a, uh, a parsec and then it will uh, get to us and we will send it back immediately. <laughs> Pro tip, Let's, uh, copy that message before you send it just in case <laughs> yes uh, but without further ado this is the end of the episode we are out <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>